welcome back to another hour of Sky Chower. I'm Noah. And this is Jesse. All right, Jesse. So um, tonight we are starting a new venture. And it uh, looks like we are going to be uh, just doing it. We're going to start off with, with the norm. We'll do our Scotch review, which we do have the uh, Talisker 10, right? Oh, yes, the Talisker 10. And then from there, um, we'll do our uh, shout outs uh, and then restaurant review. And then we'll go into our smarter challenge, which is James Bond yes. theme here, right? That's right. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about this bad boy here. All right, so this is the Talisker 10. Um, of course, Talisker, one of my favorite scotch houses, if you will, from the area of the Isle of Skye. Um, did fairly well in some of our previous tastings. Yes, it did. Um, but this one is rated really well. So, and I mean, from previous experience, it's going to be a good one. So why did we choose the Talisker 10? <laughs> this is the more important part. You know, little known fact, especially if you're reading the Ian Fleming's books, James Bond drank scotch more often than he drank vodka. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty surprising to see that he drank uh, scotch uh, more than he did uh, those vodka martinis. I think it was like 21 to 19 in the count or something like that. Exactly, yes. So a little bit about Talisker. Mm -hmm. um, so apparently it it's, uh, has a five still setup, and it was uh, founded by the uh, McCaskin brothers, or McCaskill brothers, in 1830. And uh, they did such a crappy job with it. They lost. Uh, they lost the distillery to the bank. And then uh, that was in 1948. That's when uh, the bank uh, controlled Talisker. And it. And then at that point, I guess it changed hands multiple times until uh, the 1880s, when Kemp and Allen bought uh, Talisker Distillery. And then from there, in 1892, Kemp sold his shares of the of the distillery to McAllen. Interesting. And in nineteen sixteen, that's when they became part of the Johnny Walker group. And then in nineteen sixty, Talisker's distillery burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> How do you burn down something that's made out of metal? <laughs> I don't know, but their distillery oh, burnt down. Twin towers. And then apparently like in I think it took like a couple of years for them to get back up and running. But they are not what they were, are today, like what we know it right now, until like the 1990s, I think is what it says. So that, there's a little bit of, there's some history there about Talisker and some of its ups and downs that it's gone through, which kind of reminds me of some of the ups and downs of our uh, superhero, or maybe not superhero, but our spy that we're going to be talking yeah, about tonight, James, James Bond. Bond. Absolutely. You know, it's a handsome looking bottle, goes great with a nice dark suit, and uh yeah. Some yeah. great history there. 
Talisker to me, very reminiscent of one of my favorites, Lagavulin. Uh, typically a little more leathery, but much like Oban and Lagavulin, uh, the Talisker scotches to me usually have that air of sea water to them, the nose and the taste. Yeah, so apparently it's supposed to have some maritime or brine in there, so I'm excited to taste it. Talisker is known to have like mixed fruits, uh, smoke, sulfur, salt and pepper in there. A little spicy. Yeah. A little bit of salt and pepper, but I think the salt's coming from the maritime flavors. Is, and it has like a really nice copper look to it, um, from what I can tell. So, fun fact while we're helicoptering our scotch here, another fun fact is that in the earlier Bond days, single malt scotches were not the thing. It wasn't the sought-after choice. It was much about blended scotches. Yeah, blended scotches. Uh, you see uh, in some of the older movies like um, Jack Daniels and uh, there's like a blended scotch with the the little Scotties, a black and white. Do you think by chance, so as we visit some of the different scotches, we know that in the Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movies on more than one occasion, usually Judy Dench's character M is drinking it, the Talisker 10. Um, but in the Daniel Craig versions, he's spotted drinking a Macallan 18, possibly another Macallan uh, double cask varietal. But then the 1962 fine, fine and rare 50-year-old scotch. Um, I don't know why I didn't you know, connect the dots immediately, but the first James Bond movie was released in 1962. Oh. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> You know, the, a lot of these James Bond movies have a lot of, like, Weird. Easter eggs. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's pain respect homage to yeah. another episode. Yeah. All right. So, for me, wonderful golden amber color. Yeah, I think it's a nice gold color. It's like a copper orange mm-hmm. in color. I definitely get the seaside, that maritime. Yeah, you do get a little bit of uh, the the maritime uh, salt in there, but I think you get like a slight bit of toffee and and uh, maybe a hint of honey and vanilla. I'm getting a hint of smoke for sure, just a hint, not something over the top like log of Lewin with that <laughs> peaty taste of band aid. <laughs> maybe um, that smoke that you're smelling might be like the that charred oak, maybe. Get some nice, um, some nice malt flavor there, with a little bit of peat, um, barley. You do get the a uh, little bit of maritime and a little bit of that wet leather. And Definitely I, getting some wet leather. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a hint of probably maybe some dark dried fruits. That's exactly what it is. Like some dried grapes. Yeah. Uh, maybe a hint of apple, but it's a very slight hint. I think it might be like when you say that hint of apple, probably like an apple pill. Yeah. Not like um, not like some of those other ones where you have like a heavy apple, but. Like the Morlock. But yeah, I like the um, the uh, kind of like toasted uh, charred oak or toasted oak there on the finish. I agree. And to that point, it has got a nice, pleasant nose, not overbearing not so yeah. mild. The nose isn't uh, overbearing. The uh, balance—it's—it's it's pretty like medium body, well balanced. 
with a very enjoyable lingering finish. Yes. Um, no spikes. No, not really. No. I'm enjoying not. that. And I do really enjoy the finish there. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, for our uh, for our viewers, like what what was the price point on this? Oh, so depending on your location of purchase, we were able to find the Talisker Ten at total wine for approximately sixty dollars. So very affordable for a ten year. Oh. Great Scott. Sixty dollars for a ten year. Yeah, that's yeah, like sixty five. Sixty five. <laughs> okay, that is a actually a, a steal. Mm-hmm. Especially for a good ten year. Yeah. We've had 18 years that weren't this good. I agree. <laughs> and I think the packaging is great. I love the box. The gold. The cream and the blue. Yeah, I mean, like, when you look at that, like, the crashing sea there, it looks like a cold crashing sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously from the, the Isles of Scotland area, the Isle of uh, Sky, right? Yes. And, um, and then the label itself is just very classy. It's handsome. Yeah. So I can see why M would be drinking this. There you go. M, you're classy. Well, Judy Dench was very classy, actually. It's time for our shout outs. All right. I know this is just painfully repetitive (laughs) for stopping and honda winning the mexico city grand prix okay if you did not get a chance to watch the race you don't have to (laughs) here's the good news it's not that you don't want to you don't have to but what you do want to watch is 30 seconds before the green light and one minute after the green light and spoiler alert all you need to know is for stopping whose qualifying attempt was foiled um managed to overtake not just the second place car of hamilton but the first place car of but of uh <laughs> botas i almost said jensen button of botas to take the lead in the first corner, this is very rare, almost unheard of. It was a beautiful move, so flawlessly executed as they're coming down the straight. He's driving, goes around, um, and just flawlessly. Again, uh, I don't. I'm pretty brave at sometimes. That was bold. That was brave. Um, executed perfectly. So. From that point on, dominated the race. Great job. Super excited. I think he ended up winning easily. Not like he had to push it towards the end uh, by by, uh, 16 plus seconds. So great job, Honda, giving the fight to Mercedes. Verstappen, giving the fight to Hamilton, keeping the season alive. I can actually give a shout out to my cousins, Michelle, Cherie, and uh, Cherie's husband, Sean. Um, They uh, made some fondue, which was really great. It was nice to hang out uh, with some cousins again. And uh, since coming back to Colorado uh, from Utah after being away for about 12 years, um, that set of cousins have been really good about, like, inviting me to come over and stuff. So I want to thank them. It was really fun to hang out over there. They uh, they throw together a pretty good spread. And then we sit outside uh, by their uh, fire pit, um, which is pretty nice. Uh, it was a good time. So, yeah, I just want to thank them and my younger brother. Um, it's a really fun time, so yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'll give a shout out to them. Restaurant. Restaurant.
this week's restaurant, Oga de Chow. Oga de Chow. And this was the Park Meadows location. Correct. For myself, I began the evening with my Blood Orange Manhattan, and it was divine. You know, I really wanted to try that, but <laughs> as, since we didn't really go out in the evening, we went like uh, during like a uh, brunch. Well, brunch. Yeah. Yeah. On Sunday. I guess I kind of screwed that up, but anyways. <laughs> anyways, we went like a day early, and, uh, and, uh, I just felt more like a brunch type of drink, which is why I went with the uh, the Moscato. Moscato, yeah. Um, that they had there on the wine list. And I actually forget the name. I think it's um, Umbrero or Umbrio or something. I forget what it was. I just wanted something that was kind of light, refreshing, and sweet. Even though it is a Brazilian steakhouse, which means they have the, what is it called, like the Chararo or whatever it's called, where they have like the steak guys coming around uh, cutting off steaks. The Churrasco experience. Churrasco, yes. yes. That's what it's called. And it was a lot of, it was great food. Like they had some really well cooked meats. Uh, they did. Um, actually, I, I counted and we had 13 of the 14 meats. And three of the four sides during our experience. But we also had one side that isn't normally on their menu that they brought to us. So technically four sides because they the grilled pineapple is not normally on that menu. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, that so me asking. bonus feature. So me asking for it was a bonus feature? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the really cool part, and when you go there for brunch, I thought, was that we also got the uh, the access to the uh, to the uh, breakfast stuff so you could get like an omelet mm -hmm. omelet made or you can get the uh waffles yep and then you had the full salad bar experience too which was actually pretty pretty killer especially nowadays with like covid and a lot of places like not having their cell like their uh their um all you can eat buffets or, yeah. yeah open but they they had like uh they had a prosciutto on there uh, basil, uh, mozzarella, and tomatoes, like huge tomato slices. Some of my favorites were the smoked salmon. Oh, yeah, the smoked the salmon cheeses. with capers. Hey, oh, with yeah. capers. For those of you who have never had capers before, this Brian. is a new place. <laughs> Brian. Brian, we're just joking. Give an, we give are. an Aaron a shout out. Um, oh, yeah, I will say this. Uh, sorry, I, I'm going to – I'm not really sure this, this is, is a, a shout out. It's a shout it's, out. It's a shout out. But uh, hopefully Brian gets well. He's uh, feeling ill, um, so he's been kind of like radar silent. Um, he did tell he did text me saying like he is extremely busy with his comic book uh, uh, TV thing with the with the school and the coaching and all that. So apparently school's going really well. But uh, he said that he just was like so overwhelmed that his body body finally broke down and he. Uh, was sick this uh, this weekend, so hopefully he feels better. Yeah. Anyways, back to the restaurant. Um, the salad bar area uh, has some great sautéed mushrooms. Um, oh yeah, the peppers, the, the oh, yeah, grilled the peppers. Yep, uh, a lot of delightful salads. There was something you grabbed, and I'm like, oh, where, oh, the beets. The beets were yeah, great. Like, yeah, little uh, slices of grapefruit on. Okay, them. so I gotta ask this. Yes, were the beets? as good as they were at that Greek restaurant we went to no. a few weeks back? No, the beets were good, but those beets at the Greek restaurant were the best I think I've had in my life. 
And, so that's uh, Opa Grill. Yeah, Opa Parker. Grill still has the best beats of Jesse's life. <laughs> hey, I got to try one of those little beats, and they were phenomenal. Like they were super good. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, the beat was good. It was more colorful. Uh, yeah, very lively with a little slice of grapefruit that had been sl uh, slapped, if you will, but placed delicately on top, and it absorbed some of the beet coloring into the grapefruit. So it made a really nice presentation. So they had like I thought was seafood salad. Mm. Uh, but I think it was actually chicken in there instead of like lobster or uh, instead of crab meat. But I could be totally wrong. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. It's not that hard to tell it was chicken. I thought the same thing looking okay. at it. And when I had it, I was like, I was well, trying to give him the benefit of the it's doubt. It's still there. really good. Yes, it was really it just good. It wasn't crab. Exactly. So when I was saying my shout out was going to come from an experience that wasn't totally mine. Uh, but it, but I did partake in it uh, later on when we got to the That's restaurant. Right. So Jesse, right? He uh, calls uh, over there and checks to see like when do we have to be uh, sat down in order to get the uh, brunch menu? Do we need to make uh, reservations? Yeah, do we Good need to make idea. reservations? Yeah, and all that stuff. And uh, the uh, hostess goes, "What well, are you guys uh, celebrating anything?" And Jesse's like, "No, just great food, right. just great food." And she's like, "And a great hostess, right?" And so. When we got there, we were, we we joked around with her saying like, "So you're the great hostess we're celebrating today," and so I think that kind of made her laugh and enjoy a little bit of her. It was work and time. what I would say is I think uh, it set up a good time. Not just that, but Fogo de Chao. If you guys, if any of the management or anybody who has some of the controls in place, you guys should definitely celebrate her. Yeah, because as far as service, service was good. Service was um, good. Particularly with the Churrasco experience and the Churrasco gentlemen and ladies bringing the food around. Um, but nobody gave the service that the hostess did. And she apologized. She took a minute. She made sure our table was right, got us seated, um, got us a big table. She must have known we were going to have some fun, take some photos, and eat a lot of food. <laughs> I'm serious. Everyone else is getting the, the, the normal tables, and we got a double. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I want to need this. So room for my drink, room for <laughs> my salad plate, room for my meat plate. Don't crowd me. <laughs> yeah, and then we also had like so much food though. Like we like all the like the hot sides that that comes with the experience. Like I, I didn't even try any of those. I tried them. They they were okay, um, but the meat was definitely absolutely the win. But you know um, that, and then the market table. I think is how, how they refer to it because it's not a salad bar. It's not uh, simply a, a little hors d'oeuvre area. It is it is a table with meats and cheeses and fruits and vegetables and salads. yeah. And they actually have like some really nice uh, mm -hmm. soups there. Look like yep. there's one soup that they had listed on there. I wanted to try, but. Um, I don't think I don't know if they had it out or not yet. Well, the biggest problem is we went there thinking we were going to eat for two hours, and after an hour, <laughs> and this was part of the good service, honestly, with the gentlemen and ladies bringing around the meats, um, perfectly cooked to the temperature. Um, as far as when we had a choice, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just filled us up within an hour, man. We were like, well, shoot, there goes our two-hour experience. <laughs> we're stuffed. We don't have room for dessert. I and you know the other thing was really Scotch cool too, out. <laughs> is that when I did ask for a couple different types of meats, uh, they were totally Johnny on spot. Like they just brought it straight right out. So yeah, um, for me, part of the win with uh, service and also food, uh, the food I gave a ten to. Yeah. I, yep. Okay. Uh, ten out of ten for me, and with the food and a ten was because again when we had the choice, and I like my meats medium rare. 
I know you like your meats at the same temperature. Um, they delivered 100% of the time. The only meats I didn't fall in love with were the three where they didn't have the choice to cook them to our chosen temperature, which were the bacon wrapped ones. Well, the two bacon wraps, right? And then there's also the Parmesan chicken one, or no, Parmesan pork. That was a little bit too dry. And the lamb chop was, I don't, I don't think the lamb chop was tender enough. Yeah, uh, for me, the uh, best lamb chops I've had, again, in my life were at Elway's Steakhouse at Cherry Creek. And they were so flawlessly cooked, they were just like the beets from Opa House. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they were the best lamb of my life. It was unbelievable. But you did say, yeah, like, was it like a lamb steak or something that they did do really well? They did do really well. We were able to choose the temperature on there, and I thought it was great seasoned really well. That's the trick with lamb. A lot of times I would ask for mint to have on the side or go find some. It didn't need it. It was seasoned flawlessly, but particularly the all of the different beef beef products were delicious the, yeah was it the, was it the prime it wasn't a prime rib was it or what was it um, I, I you know honestly that there was basically the ribeye cut the ribeye cut yeah the, is that the one that had like the rock mm -hmm. salt on it yeah. yeah that was so good oh yeah <laughs> when you got like if you are able to right sometimes you're never lucky enough but if you talk to them um, and you really apply to them sometimes they'll be really cool and you can get the outside cut and we can get the outside cut with all the seasoning on there. Oh man, that is so good. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I have a, I, I have nothing but good, good marks for that place. I think they did a great job. And honestly, I think it all started with the hostess and the phone call. Makes a huge difference. And that's just it. Like she was on speakerphone because <laughs> we were trying to do a couple things, get out the door, go enjoy this. Uh, feast uh, i would yeah. call it a feast um, and from the moment we walked in it was great i do like the outside i don't care for the parking like unless you're valet parking it could yeah. be a nightmare so be prepared for that um atmosphere i gave a nine out of ten and the only reason it's only a nine out of ten and not a ten out of ten was because had i chosen to go back to their market table um, the tables were a little close as I was walking through and I don't, it, it wasn't that I couldn't get through or that they weren't three feet apart. Really? I assume they're ADA compliant. <laughs> I really do. Um, it's just that I, I don't want to intrude upon other people's dining experiences while I'm also eating. And so I just um, wished I'd had a little bit more room as I was rounding corners to get back to the table. Yeah. And I honestly, I kind of wish I had some more room just to see what they had on their dessert menu. Oh, and the other really cool part about this is they had, was it the the 18-year McAllen there? The 25-year McAllen. The 25-year McAllen. 14-year <laughs> Oban. 14-year Oban. A whole list of scotches. The other side of the table had a bunch of choices too. <laughs> yeah, so there was some, like, if you like scotches, they had some really great um yeah, choices. Options, yeah. yeah, not always easy to find depending on where you are. Uh, to this day in Colorado, the best selection I have found, and I'm sure there are other steakhouses that are just as good, maybe better. Um, but for me, the best selection I have found so far is still uh, Cherry Creeks always and that's um, it's a good look. It's a fun place too. We need to visit there some point. But, um, you know, as we kind of round this up, um, the only deterrent for service for me was the fact that the the bartender 
was over too busy watching football and making a scene to just let us have our experience. I don't yeah, know if you noticed that. Too. I did. I didn't notice that. Um, he was kind of like, I think, I'm not sure. Was he talking about betting on games or something like that? He was heated. He was emotional. And it's one of those things where you couldn't ignore it unless you were trying. Yeah. And I was trying and I still couldn't ignore it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and he was hitting on one of the waitresses or something like that. Hey, I get that. All fair game. <laughs> like, hey, you're a nice bottle of scotch. What's your number? <laughs> What's your number? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want me to round up first or do you want to round off first with the restaurant? Okay. So, I guess uh, ambiance, I'll give it like a nine. I think I actually, if you can get there and it's still warm out and they're doing the patio service, if you can get there like at like around dusk or whatever, I think that'd be fin like awesome. Mm -hmm. um, although we went during brunch time, so I think going during brunch I think is a great time to go. So yeah, I'm be honest, I'm gonna give a nine. Wait, the wait staff other than the bartender, I so therefore because of the bartender, I'm gonna give it like a nine point five because they were pretty much Johnny on the spots. The bartender did distract a little bit, but for the most part, I kind of like ignored them. Yeah. Um, and really, I think the hostess kind of makes up for the bartender and, uh, the food, I'm going to give it a 10. And so, uh, yeah, overall I'm going to give it about like a 9.5. And, uh, I guess from your like casual to like first date getting laid or whatever, I forget, I don't know what Dude, I forget how you're knocking socks off. Like, <laughs> uh, I think, um, Dude, you're going to be too full to go home. So just see what I can say, right? uh, can you take a woman there on her first date? Yeah, you could, but you probably don't want to because you're going to look like a pig if you eat too much. Probably. I don't know. You just but eating at the right time. Brunch would might've been perfect. Brunch might've been perfect. <laughs> uh, but could you do it? Yes, most certainly. Would it get you a second? Uh, they, I think it possibly could. You'd have to really screw that one up. <laughs> and uh, would you be able to go back home and knock boots? Well, if you're not in a food coma, sure. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty close to where you are. For me, atmosphere nine, nine out of ten, pretty well up here. Um, the food's a ten out of ten. Really, no complaints. It you know I didn't expect any different with the bacon wrapped meats. I fully understood that. Um, and the market table was a huge win for me too. To your point, where else um, have we seen that in the past two years? Nowhere for me. Nowhere. nowhere. Um, service for me was a nine. Um, there were a couple other little one-offs. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Can you go there casual at the appropriate time, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, you could. Um, can you go there semi-formal anytime? Um, formal, yes. First date, yes. Friends date, experience absolutely um they're very welcoming um could you go there at the right time semi-formal even formal uh, i mean i do so yeah i think you absolutely could it didn't make me feel awkward maybe some of the others around me but um for me you know if i'm rounding out the the four numbers for me it's a 9.25 so yeah roughly rounded up nine and a half it's almost a 10 you don't get very many restaurants that great because that's rare and yeah. the food the food was great the drink was phenomenal yeah i, I wish i would have gotten the drink wise <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong i did like the uh the wine it was uh it was light and refreshing which is what i wanted at the time yeah i think if i go back i'm gonna 
definitely try the drink. Oh, so yeah, that blood orange Manhattan was made with Buffalo Trace bourbon. Um, Carpano Antica, I believe is how it's pronounced. Blood orange, of course. And then the bitters, the Engortura bitters. Uh, and it's one of the better ones I've ever had. The best of bonds. So my my favorites and Noah's favorites can be really the what we're looking for is that top one uh, for best Bond movie, best Bond villain, um, best Bond song, and then you know it's all over. Um, just like with anything else, the best Bond and the best Bond girl. All right. So which one are we starting off with? Uh, I mean, let's start off with the best Bond actor. All right. So this is kind of tough. Do you want me to go first? Or yeah, you, want to you go, go first? first. Okay. So this was kind of tough for me. Um, I think um, after like having a conversation with my brother and my cousin, Sean, and uh even with you uh, i think we've all talked about like how um it seems like depending on what generation you grew up in you tend to kind of lean towards that type of james bond so obviously in like in our younger years that was going to be more of like roger moore and then as we got older more to our more formative years like uh, high school to college and therefore and going on it's going to be more like piers brosnan and we also had somewhere in between we had Timothy Dalton and and all those. So I um one of the main reasons, uh there's there's a couple of reasons why I'm gonna go with this particular actor, but I am gonna go with Piers Brosnan as Ooh, as my number one I like it. James Bond. Although I don't think he really fits the athletic uh or like what I would think like the like the the fit, totally like totally fit, like muscular type of uh, physique that you would need for a uh, a spy, I guess, as, as an MI6. But I do think what he lacks there, he makes up with uh, um, with his intelligence, how classy he looks, oh, yeah. um, and I think the the suave part of uh, what James Bond would be in that classical gentleman, and uh, just being able to like um, have that elegance and. Uh, um, chivalry type of thing. I think that totally matches what I would expect Bond to be. And it's interesting because as we deliberated a lot on this before we, and we haven't shared our answers up until right now, uh, we deliberated a lot on this. One of the shocking, not shocking, but surprising factoids, if you will, for me, a little piece of minutiae really was that Pierce Brosnan is just a hair under six foot, two inches tall. Yeah. He's and, a tall guy. Yeah. And thinking about that and the, you know, just the, the general concept I had of him in my mind, I was thinking like five foot 10. I was thinking he was, you know, maybe five foot 11, my height. And then to find out this guy is six foot two, um, it also puts into perspective how tall he is. That also is proportionate to the rest of him. Um, it's most like Sean Connery when you first think of him as a young man, not necessarily so physical, um, not the greatest physique. Then you see him take his shirt off in a couple of the earlier Bond movies. It's like, that guy's actually fit. I will give you 100% agreeance, in, in fact, as far as the look. And then the, I'm going to go a step further, the detail. So most of... Brosnan's Bond suiting was done by Brioni and the detail in the suits and the clothing throughout and 
I'll get to more of this later, but throughout uh, was done impeccably. So if we had done another section of best dressed for me, it would actually be Pierce yeah, Brosnan. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, like when you see him like dressed up in the tuxes and stuff, he does look. Dude, he's, he, he's a tan. <laughs> like, like you totally believe, like yeah, he belongs in the like in that place or whatever. He just like yeah. more, you know, yeah, absolutely. Which makes it so funny in the uh, uh, his last movie after he's been captured by the the Koreans and everything. And he walks into that hotel room or into that hotel lobby. And he's like, so has like his like, uh, Oh, pajamas or <laughs> pajama. like basically his, uh, <laughs> hospital gown. Yeah. On. His <laughs> hospital gown on and big bushy beard from when he was in <laughs> captivity and long hair. He's like, yeah, I'll just have my regular room, please. Like, yeah. <laughs> Can you send my tailor? Unusual <laughs> suite of, uh, do you have a card, sir? <laughs> um, Man, that's he is a good one. Any other reasons you chose him? Yeah, but uh, I think that ties in with uh, my favorite movie, though. So I mean, I, I'm not sure you want me to dive in to go there or just wait till I go there. Um, all right. I'll just go in then to my favorite Bond. And this one was also equally challenging. Um, you mentioned Roger Moore for our, you know, when we were young and growing up. Um, for me, I was never that impressed with Roger Moore. Not that he didn't do a great job. Um, I think for me, it was very different. And I think the reason for this, as I look back through history, was one of the things I remember finally was watching James Bond movies with my mom. And my dad, particularly my mom, would really be opinionated, still is. And I love that, by the way, um, very opinionated. And just talk about looking at the way he handles himself, look at the way he sits. Um, these are things gentlemen do. And as I watch them, and as times have changed, that is true. What a gentleman does has changed. What is expected has changed. Sean Connery... Um, was absolutely exemplary in those pieces. Now, also, you you know, you're reverting, uh, what, you're talking about 1962. Here we are a year shy of 2022. So you're basically talking almost 60 years, 59 years. Um, so the acceptable acts uh, uh, publicly and privately were also very different. And... Um, you know, he was great. He was great. I did love him. Um, looking through, you know, George Lazenby, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Roger Moore, like he's all right. He's cool. Timothy Dalton to me was kind of like a goofy James Bond. If there was like the goofy James Bond, that's the one for me. I loved Pierce Brosnan. And it wasn't until seeing the full scope of Daniel Craig and his five movies that for me it has to be daniel craig and as we look through the listing we know that sean connery did seven roger moore did six um pierce brosnan only did four daniel craig did five and for me it is still daniel craig and there are many reasons for that i think daniel craig was pretty smart you have in the past talked about character arcs and i think he absolutely was exemplary in that sense as he starts he's very immature i will say he takes a lot of unnecessary risks and as you see him go through time he's still got to take a few risks he's still got to use his gun he's um changed in some ways but not all but uh at the end the world is bigger than him. And I think for me, that was very impressive to see that 
Daniel Craig knows, hey, there's something more important than me. And I, I love that um, he did a great job. So for me, it's Daniel Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig is, he does a great one. I was kind of disappointed because you know who I think would have made an awesome James Bond is Clive Owen. I, oh man, he could have been pretty sexy. I think he would have been a great James Bond. The question is, would he have been suave like Pierce Brosnan or would it have come across a little too heavy and goofy like Timothy Dalton? Um, I don't know. I think he, I think he would have been somewhere in between Brosnan and, uh, Craig. Yeah. Well, we may never know. <laughs> I don't think we ever will. <laughs> he may be, he may be, uh, getting to that, uh, 1962 McAllen stage of his life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so are we going to go movie next or how are we going to go? Yes. Okay. And if you have more than one, um, that you want to lead up to it or give other shout outs, please do. Uh, for time constraints i'm just going to just talk about the one i'm going to choose as my number one uh, there's others i do like a lot um but uh, i kind of want to maybe touch on those maybe at the tail end when we have like more just free flow time all right so the one that i chose and this kind of ties in with why i chose pierce brosnan is uh tomorrow never dies Ooh, great movie i think it's a great movie i, I think um uh what's his name carver Yes. Um, what, uh, what's, do you remember what Carver's first name is? Is that, it Jane? I thought Jane. I had it written down here. Elliot Carver. Elliot, that's it. And uh, his wife was... Um, oh. Oh, I just forgot her name. She was on Friends. Wasn't she? Wasn't she the Terry Hatcher? Yeah, wasn't Terry Hatcher on Friends? I don't know. What, Terry Hatcher was a trap. Oh, no. <laughs> Terry Hatcher was on Friends. But yeah, Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> I got I gave her something. Anyway, Terry Hatcher. But um, the reason why I, I enjoyed the Tomorrow Never Dies is because I happened to be in Hamburg, Germany, when they were filming the movie, and um, so they. Uh, I remember eating breakfast at the hotel there I was at in uh, in Hamburg, Germany, with uh, uh, with one of my fraternity brothers that we were out there uh, doing like a um, like a travel through Germany type of thing. Uh, like just backpacking through Germany and um, we were eating breakfast and on the radio they were talking about the uh, the filming of uh, the new James Bond movie and although we didn't get to see like James uh, or we didn't get to see Pierce Brosnan or any really the actors we got to see the area that they were filming and stuff like that so it was kind of really cool to uh, be there and then so I think it just has the has like that little bit more of nostalgia to it as far as being able to see the filming area and or the, like you know the area where they filmed it at and and uh, be in be in Hamburg at the same time that they were filming and so that just uh that added just a little bit more to Tomorrow Never Dies um which um that's the reason why I chose that as my favorite but uh, there are definitely other if if you take that one factor out there's other movies I would probably choose higher than that one i don't know like i think you might still go with the, this one if you just really consider what the premise of that movie is oh yeah now we'll talk about that completely applies to the real world today <laughs> yeah i i figured we talk about that a little bit later because i also like with doing that i want to bring in um uh the new movie no time to die uh because i think uh the theme of uh 
uh, tomorrow never dies with uh, no time to die. I think we can go in some things because I have some I have some notes here to all cover right, that. So right, we'll, we'll, right. we'll talk about that. Well, I'll go through mine. I'll try to go through mine quickly but, oh, as well. Well, I'll, I'll say this: if I had to choose one without the whole nostalgia oh, part, yes. it's going to be Casino Royale. Okay. All right. Well, very interesting. Uh, for me, the third. I just always the Daniel third. Craig Casino Royale. Just by the way. <laughs> For me, I ranked mine in third, so my third favorite was Skyfall, and part of that is because Javier Bardem played the perfect opponent, the switching of Skyfall was good. Um, Yeah, so good. Um, The second for me is a way back kickback, so you go, I'm dating Skyfall 2012 from Russia with Love 1963, Sean Connery, Spectre's in there, much like he is in the Daniel Craig films, like they are, not him, uh, but the concept of Spectre. Uh, but for me also, number one, Casino Royale, without a doubt. And there are so many reasons for that to play into all the different pieces. Uh, mm. And, and <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, is that like, cause of the Bond girl? <laughs> I mean, that's one of many pieces. I, I think Lashif was actually a decent villain. Not uh, in my yeah, class, I did like, but I, I think he was real. Mr. White's in there and what that movie develops between M and Bond and showing how at the beginning he is not ahead of her three steps in so many ways, even though he's taking steps that are ahead of her current abilities to make calls, um, really creates this tension in this play of what it would really be like to be a bureaucrat or an agent and to be in an office or in the field. I think it's flawlessly done. Eva Green does an amazing job being a Bond girl. Um, all the actors in there, but for me, yeah, absolutely the way they rebooted the whole James Bond franchise uh, into this five movie piece with Daniel Craig that from the very beginning, the very beginning of Casino Royale all the way through the very end of No Time to Die, they are completely intertwined. You just have to know what to look for. Skyfall? It's kind of like Empire Strikes Back. Dude, it is a bomb movie. Because oh think, about, think about everything that happens in Skyfall. And, I, and I'm surprised maybe maybe this could be like one of my at least top three maybe. Uh, definitely my top three. Because when you look at Skyfall, right, you look at like all the stuff that uh, Bond goes through with uh, M, who is played by, what's her Judy name? Judy Dench. By Judy Dench. And, and she knows that bond had basically like kind of gone away for a while and uh, was shot and all that stuff because she called the, the she kill the order. Call. She, take, she the did shot. The, take the shot and uh money penny ends up shooting bond and so well, spoiler it's right yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen this movie now you're a decade in the past <laughs> yeah Sky so anyways, came out in 2012 so it's your own fault <laughs> 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 but anyways so bond like you you said take the shot you basically screw you right so i'm gonna just play dead for a while and then uh he sees that she's in trouble comes back in loyalties yeah loyalties and then from that point on she plays a loyalty back and at the same time her job is on the line and she's like kind of like hides like he failed like every task and kind of like yep you passed yep welcome back (laughs) and i think she stood up for Bond uh, when Bond came back and showed that loyalty. Mm-hmm. And when she did that, uh, they're like the uh, the um, the politicians, if you will. They're all like, 
wow, we don't need espionage anymore. We don't need spies. We got computers. We got cameras. We got all this stuff. And then she's like, no, we don't know who our enemies are anymore. We, You have to operate in the shadows now. It's more imperative now than it was before. And I think the guy, uh, the new M, who replaces her. Ralph Fiennes. Um, he, I think, uh, at yes. the beginning, yes. he was all about like, screw Bonds, Bond sucks, whatever, get him out of here. He's he's over the hill, kind of washed up. He didn't, you know, he knew that he didn't pass his test. And then I think he found a new, found respect at the end of Skyfall. Mm -hmm. um, and like I think, uh, like the whole, like it kind of sets up the whole second half of that five movie series. And really it's, it's kind of like, it's like Empire Strikes Back with no, Star Wars. No, I agree with you. I think that this five movie section of Bond's history was perfectly planned. And to your point, if you think that Skyfall was the third of five movies and you divide it in that middle way point where that's where Judy Dench is, or as M is reaching her end and Ralphine's is starting his it's literally you almost couldn't plan it better <laughs> exactly but they did plan it is the point and it's kind of funny too because like uh was it raffine is that what his name yeah he's like yeah actually uh if you're gonna like leave breadcrumb bread breadcrumbs do it this way yeah <laughs> and then that way we also get camera footage Again, too. right in the middle yeah like make this <laughs> he's like i know what you guys are doing is not supposed to be legal but let's do it this way yeah and it was great. So I 100% agree. Uh, all right. So next one. So we went for Bond, Bond movie, or yeah. Bond, Bond movie. And now it's time, Bond girl. Bond girl. Ooh. So I'm going to start off with like na Bond girl names, okay. right? There's some, some pretty epic ones. <laughs> um, we have Honey Rider. That's pretty good. Yeah. And we have Pussy Galore. Even better. Holly Goodhead. Yeah, I don't know what that <clears throat> means. <laughs> uh, Oxiana on the top. Um, on the top? Yeah. Uh, and You're then we have Strawberry. Georgian? <laughs> <laughs> we have Strawberry Fields. Was uh, she a redhead? Yes. Oh, weird. <laughs> and then the one I didn't write in the book here, but I knew is uh, Waylon. Like, way in. <laughs> what? Waylon. And then there's a couple others. So uh, I think if I was going to go for the uh, best uh, Bond, name. Girl name, Bond girl name, I'm probably going to have to go with the uh, Pussy Galore from yeah. Goldfinger. Do you remember what he says when she tells him? No, her? I don't remember that. Hi, I'm Pussy Galore. I must be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery's response. I know he said something. He had a pretty good response with Honey Rider. <laughs> Too. <laughs> <laughs> great responses things have changed i don't think they literally i don't know that they could get away with yeah, it i don't know anymore. if they could either <laughs> i'm not even sure they could get away with some of the names anymore either <laughs> but uh, i think there's some great names um but um for my <laughs> just thinking about the fact that i watched all those movies with my mother <laughs> so my two favorite bond women though mm. as far as like if I were going to choose a Bond woman, um, number two, the runner-up is uh, Sophie Marceau. Mar 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 is that okay. how you say your name? Marceau, yeah, Marceau. That's Marceau, how I would say it. Um, which is Electra King, mm -hmm. um, and she played the princess in Braveheart. I think she's just a 
beautiful woman. Uh, so yeah, I think um, she's one of my favorites. And from then, the world is not enough. From the world is not enough. But my number one. But my favorite. Oof. My number one. And I've been a fan of her since uh, when she was in. Uh, I forget what the name of uh, the movie was, but she's in. Uh, I think it's in Paris. And uh, it's kind of a pretty racy movie, though. Um, but Eva Green. All right. Um, she plays Ves- Vesper. And, um, yeah, I just uh, I like her in every uh, film that she's in. And she has, like, wonderful eyes. And the way she kind of, like, talks and carries herself, though, she always it's almost kind of, like, mysterious of, like, what's behind that. Hmm. Like, you think about her, like, in the uh, Kingdom of Heaven uh, movie then there's the uh, then her her part here in, in um, Casino Royale Casino Royale and then uh, her her TV series um, Pennywise uh, uh, Penny Lane I think is what it's called um, I think she just she I like her as an actress I think she's a beautiful woman she has great eyes I think her eyes really does it for me all right. Well, I as much was well torn into who was the best Bond girl so my runners up. Sophie Marceau, The World's Not Enough, absolutely. Xenia Anatop, Femke Jensen. Yeah, oh, she's she's a beautiful looking woman too. And um, and she's a cool Bond villain. Yeah, it's just it. And then, so my second, my runner up was Tatiana Romanova. Um, Is that from Russia with Love? Danrella Bianchi from Russia with Love. Yes. She's Italian. Yeah, weird. Weird. And then finally, I, I, you know, this is an area where we agree absolutely. Vesper Lynn, uh, Eva Green, Casino Royale. And for me, it was about the fact that she played the role so flawlessly that I remember the first time I watched it when I found out where she really lied with her loyalties and not. I was both... Um, Profoundly full of joy and also heartbroken. Which is what sets up this whole five movie series, too. It literally sets up the whole rest of Bond's life throughout Ian Fleming's books, as well as, yes, the movies, for sure. Um, Yeah. Uh, Not based on any of her other pieces. um, Not even, you know, I don't even know if Eva Green's other roles ever really caught me is you know but this one did and it was because it was believable she did a great job as the actress for that role all right so um villain right oh no song we can do villain or song which one you want to do first song uh, yeah we can do song all right what you got all right so i have a list of uh six songs <laughs> there are some great songs so number six I'm just gonna just go down my list. I'm not gonna explain why or anything. But number number six, Duran Duran, a view to a kill. Ooh. I, I thought that was a I mean, when you're when I was a kid, you know, when we were younger and stuff, uh that was a I remember that Bond movie and that was like Duran Duran was huh? really big back then, whatever. Uh and the next one after that was gonna be Cheryl Crow. Ooh. With Tomorrow Never Dies. I know like it didn't get like I it didn't get like a great uh, reception from Bond fans. Uh, but I, I thought it was a good intro. I thought it was a Lam Armstrong problem. <laughs> uh, number five, uh, Chris Cornell. 
And uh, you know my name in Casino Casino Royale. That was done really well. Uh, number four, um, Die Another Day by Madonna. Ooh. Um, number, oh, wait, is that one, two, three, four? Yeah, number five. Uh, I guess this would be technically number two, right, or my runner-up. Yeah. Because I'm starting from six. So it would be six, five, four. So Madonna is technically number three. So number two is going to be Skyfall by Adele. I think her voice is is just phenomenal in there. Okay. And number one, just because it's iconic. Oh, and I forgot to talk about my iconic Bond girl, but whatever. Um, number one song, because it's iconic and it sets it up with for all the other Bond movies, is uh, Dr. No, the, the, the original theme song. And uh, Honey Rider is my iconic Bond girl, even though she's not my favorite, because... Uh, I think her walking out of the water with the with the white uh, bikini and the and the uh, knife right there kind of set up all the other bottom women. Absolutely, and actually, you made the comment, and you were absolutely right that Hal Berry's actions were yeah paying homage to exactly that. Exactly. All right. So for myself, and this one was tough. So how I rated mine was I literally listened to the songs, and then I went and jumped on a treadmill. And I was like, which of these songs can I walk, run, jog for 40 minutes to? And for me, the fourth place was From Russia With Love. Uh, Again, 1963, I thought it was very well done by John Barry and his orchestra, if you will. Um, A great song. Number three. I was right there with you with Duran Duran, A View to a Kill, great song. I could listen to that so many times. And I'm like, dude, this song kind of The video was awesome on MTV. The video was awesome. When MTV actually showed videos. Yeah, it was. Um, So A View to a Kill, number three. Um, Number two for me, You Know My Name, Chris Cornell. And I think that that was a great song. I thought it was very prevalent. Again, I could work to it, but no other song could I work out, jog, or run to more than Die Another Day by Madonna. So that was my number one. Yeah, that's a, I mean, if you're talking about like working out at the gym or whatever, I think Madonna would be number one. You know, another one probably would be the new one that just came out with, um, I forget what's her name. Um, uh, Billy Eilish. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that might be uh, pretty good, but I didn't really give it much consideration since the movie's still in the theater. It's tough. It's new. I actually initially, before I went to go work out to songs, it was my number one. Okay. And then, um, yeah, there was something, I don't know what it was. I'm probably being somewhat prejudiced, which I really try not to do about that song. But I think to your point, I think it's like, this song is so new and I'm talking about 59 years worth of James Bond movies. Can I really rank this number one after I haven't listened to it for even a year? Which is why I, you know, some of this stuff is kind of tough because you have to look, it's 59 years and it, like is some of our judgment based upon like the better mm-hmm. technology that's used in filmmaking as comparative to before, even so, with the songs. Yeah. Even with the songs. Like, yeah. I mean, cause you look at some of the acting before, like if, if like, let's say Sean Connery had the same type of, uh, cinematography and all and technology today, if they could have used that when he was James Bond, would those movies have been better or like it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they had to be a lot more creative in those older movies. 
Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point because we talked about Pierce Brosnan having the detail with the clothing. Um, you take a different step. You take into account that Pierce Brosnan started Goldeneye in 1995. Casino Royale didn't come out until 2006. You're talking about 11-year span. Um, eventually, Tom Ford is suiting, if you will, Daniel Craig. With that 11-year span and the change in fashion and details, it's not that Tom Ford doesn't have as good, if not better, detail work than Brioni. It's that things had changed. And to this point, we harken back and where I'm like, do I want a double-breasted suit or a single-breasted suit? I'm talking about the different makes of suit. I'm going with one for a different reason. And... Man, so much has changed. The technology has changed. And for well, just me, look at the cell phone technology. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. You look at Casino Royale. Again, Casino Royale, 2006. And now that phone is a it's a child's toy. Well, not only that, look at some of those, the cell phones that they use in the Pierce Brosnan movies. The yeah, old, like the old Nokia. Those cell phones? <laughs> I had one of those. <laughs> just aged myself. So yeah, it's just uh, it's crazy to think about that. Okay, um, guess villain, right? We're up to villain, and this is going to be an interesting one. Ooh, so villains. Um, I know, like, like I'm not as big of a James Bond fanatic as you. I do love James James Bond movies, but I'm more of like a like a tourist, I guess. Um, <laughs> right? I'm not a fanatic. I didn't read the books. I'm not. I don't own the movies. I'll go see them in the movie theaters. I will watch them when they come on TV. Um, if someone has them on Blu-ray, I'll watch them on Blu-ray. But I'm not like uh, super fanatic like I am with Star Wars. Okay. Okay. So that being stated, uh, some of my like villains, I had to ask you like, who's that big like Asian guy, right? Or who's the tall guy who like chomped on things? And so. Uh, neither one of those were actually my favorite, but they're memorable. Uh, so. Odd job and Jaws. Yeah, odd job and Jaws. They're memorable villains. And then I was reading something that talked about uh, when James Bond is Roger Moore movie uh, when they're in New Orleans. I'm like, yeah, didn't he like fight some like voodoo guy or something like yes. that? So that yes. obviously that is a memorable villain. Are they my favorite villains? No, but I think they have to be mentioned to the fact that they obviously did a good enough job of being a villain to where I remember the character. I just don't remember the names and I just knew that they were a bad guy. So I think they need at least an honorable mention. So that being stated, um, one of, uh, I guess, I guess I'll go like top maybe three or four from here. Um, Silva, I guess would be like number four. Okay. Uh, I think he's a great uh, yeah, I think he's a great, uh, he's from, um, Skyfall. I think he's mm -hmm. a great villain and he does, like I said, he, uh, he does set up, uh, the Empire Strikes Back of James Bond movies here for the Daniel Craig movies. Oh, yeah. And being that he was a, I'm not going to try to steal too much thunder here. Uh, being that he was a former, uh, agent, I think he made a formidable, uh, villain. Mm -hmm. Um, and it made it kind of believable. Uh, the next one after that, um, so number three, would be Le Chief, and uh, Chief's Kiss, yeah, in Casino Royale, 
he was just like, even though he had like the the bloody eye and um, he, uh, I don't know what it was about him, but I think like him, like leaving like Eva Green on the road, like to where, you know, like could have been killed, could have been killed. Bonds like try, try, he's like going over a hundred miles an hour and could have easily like ran over and, and all that stuff. So I think the uh, chief did a good job. Um, and also when he tortures James, I think this is why he becomes <laughs> number three is how he tortures James Bond. You may never be able to father a child. <laughs> James Bond is like, I got an itch to the right side. He hit more to the right side or maybe to the left side or whatever. <laughs> and then after he like, then he swings that knot rope and smacks it to the right side. And James Bond starts like laughing. Crying now, laughing. Yeah. He's like, ha, ha, ha. now everyone's going to know you itched my balls. Died itching my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's just like, I don't know. That just made for a great villain, I guess. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, number three, and this would go for like, uh, I know we're going kind of long here, but number three is uh, Lucifer Seffen and the brand new movie. And here is kind of sort of why. There is a material that is in a uh, in something that gets injected into people called Luciferian, and if you look at uh, Safin's last uh, first name is like Lucifer, and it's kind of like, and when we talk about like um, what happens in that movie with the virus and uh, something that gets injected into people in real life, that Luciferian uh, stuff, which is like this light. Uh, emitting uh, emitting compound that's found in something that gets injected into people. It seems like there's a really close connection here. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. If you <laughs> make some connections, no doubt. Uh, but my number one is going to have to be a Bullfield. Okay, Ernest uh, Ernest Bullfield, and the reason why is because he has been in multiple books and multiple movies. He's a reoccurring villain. So he's kind of like the arch nemesis for Bond. And I think even if you're like a, even if you're just a casual fan of James Bond movies like I am, I think he has to get the nod as being the number one villain because he is the arch nemesis of Bond and being in so many Bond movies so and is, Bond books. Is, is his pinnacle inspector then? I don't know if his pinnacle is Inspector though, um, okay. but I think I think you have to take the overall works from like all the movies and all the books, and I think just because of how often he is Bond's main villain, because um, he's in um, Thunderball, uh, on her Majesty, on her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, you only live twice, Diamonds Forever, for your eyes only, from Russia with love, Spectre, and No Time to Die. And then, and then the books too. So, I mean, there's obviously a reason why. His brother, man. <laughs> there's obviously a reason why he uh, he's like the arch nemesis of Bond, and so I think he has to get the the ta uh, the, the cap tip to him as being the number one for those reasons for that main reason. That's really good, and it's a great point. Um, it talks about really emphasizing the Sean Connery era of movies rebooted into the Daniel Craig. You really don't hear about Spectre in any of the others, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, but 
for me, the villains, number three, Jaws, Richard Keel, the spy who loved me from 1977, did a great job. I never forget this guy. I remember them. Uh, I believe they were running through what was supposed to be and probably was Egypt um, and throwing Bond around. It was great. Uh, number two, also one of the great Bond girls. Wait, oh. with Jaws, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like jaws did he like at the very end like fall in love with a girl or something mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. feel like that okay i just want to yeah, make sure the girl had like a steel job <laughs> okay. <basically. laughs> okay i just want to make sure <laughs> no and that's another reason he's great as a villain is because all we wanted was to be loved <laughs> <laughs> i just i like i i just i just remember that just now when you were talking about that so i apologize i didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you you're good Go ahead. number two electric king also one of the great Bond girls, Sophie Mersau, The World's Not Enough from 1999. There's oh, no, so pretty. Sophie. But um, for me, the greatest Bond villain, it's so weird to mention the predecessor, the runner up there was Sophie, Electric King's character, um, Raul Silva. Javier Bardem, Skyfall 2012. So many reasons for this. Number one for me, A, he was literally a predecessor to bond in the role of he was a double o second of all he was burned and when i say burned what i mean is he bit of the cyanide capsule it didn't kill him and when you see the special effects is when he takes this piece of material out of his mouth to show m judy dench what he looks like after he took the cyanide pill and it didn't kill him but ate away so much of his face it is I'm literally, I want to say horrific. It is so potentially real. It is horrific, but it absolutely gives the belief that, man, this guy is out for vengeance in so many different ways. He's broken because of that, because he wasn't saved, if you will. Unlike James Bond, who came back, he never did. And it is, it, again, horrifying, terrifying. Um, but beyond that, it's totally believable that this character would be the one person he outplans Bond and outstrategizes Bond until the very end. He outplans and outstrategizes MI6 and Judy Dench as Dench's M. Um, man best villain ever because for me, unlike many of the others. He had the whole package, the smarts, the physique, and then also, much like Bond, when you see him walking on the island after Bond's been captured, right before they have to go take a pistol contest, if you will, to shoot a shot of McAllen, 50-year-old age, 1962, fine and rare scotch, off of a Bond girl's head. Um, the way he walks reminds you, he lets, it lets you know he was a double O. He was as good, if not better than Bond at some point. And then Bond's reaction when Javier Bardem, um, as Raul Silva shoots the girl to knock the scotch off her head. Best way to do it was a sure shot. Wait, okay. Talking about that shot though. (laughs) Do you think he cheated? I don't. You know, the rule was. To knock it off her head. Knock it off her head. I guess there was no rule about whether or not she still lived, but okay. Or whether or not she got shot. It was for the scotch to take a fall, and it did, and James Bond's response was flawless. Daniel Craig. What a terrible waste of scotch. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing. Like, like his, uh, his shooting scores were so poor but when i he, thought he was gonna hit her when i first saw him like <laughs> she's done <laughs> but uh 
like when he ends up fighting, like uh, he, like he he shoots. He's like, oh, that's a waste of pour of a scotch or whatever it was. All of a sudden, he just like takes out everybody, and he didn't even miss a shot. And he's like, yeah, but you're on talking about people who were like within three feet. Yeah, he, 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 mm. it's different also in movement. Yeah, reflexes are different when you're actually having. I think to hold it still. I think when you're standing still like that, uh, you just you're just going off of like like normal movement or normal like memory. But there is reflexive memory. And Muscle I think memory, that's yeah. uh, and I think that's what happens right there in, in that part. But in I any hope case, so. I want to keep going until I'm like eighty. Anyhow, <laughs> um, I think we should probably, since we're already like over time, maybe in another future episode, and you can tell me if you want to do this or not. But we should do uh, themes of Bond movies relating to real life. The, all of them, which is ironic, but yes, absolutely, we should because I think. Um, there's really two of them I want to hit on, which is Tomorrow Never Dies, and then the curtain and the current one, which is No Time to Die. But I, uh, but to go into that, we're gonna well exceed our normal hours. So. All right, yes, it's a revisit for sure. Okay, so well, we're drinking a McAllen. Okay, sounds fair. All right, um, I guess that's this brings us to uh, next week's uh, smarter challenge. All right, Noah, your choice: smarter challenge or smarter challenge. Smarter challenge. Okay. So I'm not going to come up with any super big research thing here. Um, I think what we're going to do here is, uh, and uh, I think we can, I think we can do this with the time and our restaurant review and. Um, everything else but if we need to maybe we'll tie the second part of this bond conversation into it okay uh so but really i think uh for next week's smarter challenge um what are you grateful for um that can be a wide range of things and uh what does thanksgiving mean <laughs> to you um honestly i think uh there's a whole lot of stuff we can talk about here of like what to be thankful for. Um, and then if we do run out of time, then I think we can tie in the, um, James Bond, uh, um, meanings from like movies or things that we see in the movies that apply to today's time. Does that seem fair to you? Absolutely. Cause I want to make sure I think uh, when, uh, when this smart challenge comes out, I think it'll be Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, the weekend before, right? Yeah. The Thursday right. before Thanksgiving. Actually, Thanksgiving is on things. It's on Thursday. Oh yeah, it is on Thanksgiving. Yeah, this is Thanksgiving. <laughs> so this, so the next episode will be our Thanksgiving episode. So, so. on the next smarter challenge, light meat or dark meat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that too. Gravy. What we like it, yeah. or yams. <laughs> so yeah, we can talk about Thanksgiving meal. What we're thankful for. We're ready for a two-hour show. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's fair. And then, like I said, if we have to fill in time, we, we can fill in with the James Bond dude, stuff. We got, dude, we're going to be able to talk about food for like two hours easy. <laughs> and then we'll do our restaurant review because obviously we film early. Uh, so, um, yeah, well, I'm not sure where we're going to go for our restaurant review, but, yeah, we'll do something. All right. All right um, do you have anything you want to say to the peeps or do you want to close out? You know what? Um, finishing up this Talisker review, I like the golden amber color. I love the seaside Aaron more so now than before. The slight smoke scent I'm getting off of it. 
It is surprisingly for me because of when I think of the Talisker Storm Scotch, it is surprisingly smooth. It almost reminds me; it's almost reminiscent of an Oban. Um, I look forward to in the future comparing this versus the other to an Oban Little Bay or an Oban Bay Reserve, maybe even Oban Fourteen. That is uh, quite a comparison, but look forward to that. Um, this is a great scotch that I think would go, and I know I say this a lot, um, with pizza, but also with any number of fine meats. Uh, you know, you know what I would like is to go with? Char charcuterie plate, like platter, meats and cheeses. I think this is. I think I would it. love to have it with like smoked salmon capers. Yes, any sort of smoked meats, <laughs> dude. What's a caper? What's a caper? No. It's just a little What's this little green thing? <laughs> Salty. Salty. <laughs> I think we so need salty. to do that. There we go. We just nailed it. We're going to have some smoked salmon capers with the Talisker 10. It'll be in the cookbook. <laughs> Dude, who doesn't like smoked salmon? Fools. Yes, definitely fools. All right. Um, anything else you want to say to the peeps? Uh, you know, for me, thank you for continuing or for starting to enjoy our show. Uh, please give us feedback. Uh, like subscribe takes nothing from you please like and subscribe and also let us know give us some feedback what you enjoy what you don't enjoy did you like the bond topic do you want us to go in this much depth or do you want more depth please share and i won't drown you with my questions but please continue to give us feedback i had all of the feedback in the past that we have taken we have applied tried to anyways we have Maybe not to another's <laughs> preferred extent. What do you mean you didn't spend $10,000 on lighting? Well, our budget was a fraction of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I needed a new suit. So uh, with that, um, you know, we joke about it, but we're also fully sincere about it. Life is great. Yes, life and, is great. And uh, please do not drink and drive. Noah. All right, so... Um as Jesse said, uh, please uh, interact with us so in the comment field down below. Please uh, let us know who your favorite Bond uh, actor was, uh, why they were your favorite Bond actor, which one was your favorite James Bond movie, who your favorite Bond girl was, maybe what your favorite uh, Bond girl name is. Uh, also let us know um, in the comment area um, your favorite villain. And uh, did I miss anyone of the, any of the Bond topics there? No, man. You oh, got... your favorite Bond song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, let us know uh, if you if you have your opinion there. Please uh, drop it in the comment field. Let us know so that way we can uh, comment and interact with you. Um, also, as uh, my wonderful co-host here had mentioned, please uh, like, share, and subscribe our podcast if you like our content. Let us know too. Like, what do you want more of? Do you like how did we go too much in depth with James Bond? Did we not go uh, deep enough? Uh, do you like our uh, Scotch review here? Um, eventually, we're going to come up with our own rating systems um, for Scotch. Do you like the restaurant reviews? Uh, I know for most people, the restaurant reviews are only like applied to the Denver metropolitan area. Um, we'll probably be venturing out eventually, maybe outside of the parker aurora area eventually at some point in time <laughs> there's only so many places we can hit up in this area um we'll keep finding them yes yeah we'll keep finding them a hole in the wall places are usually pretty good sometimes uh 
Also, uh, we are uh, video-wise, our video show is on uh, YouTube and Rumble. Uh, Every Thursday at 6 p.m. is when they premiere. Uh, We are on Podbean, Spotify, uh, Audible Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. As far as all the uh, Audible-type versions of our podcast here. And um, I think uh, one last thing. Yeah, if you do like our show and you want to uh, uh, donate to us, we do have a patron membership here you can join up with as low as $1 a month. Uh, We do put that money towards our podcast, and we are going to rent out eventually, I think in December, uh, we're we're, going to rent out a movie theater for the new Matrix movie unless we come up with a better idea. But I think that's what's on the docket for now. And um, with that, I just want to thank you all uh, very much for watching our show or listening to our show. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for the support. And hopefully you have a wonderful night, and cheers to all of you. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, we will be back next week at the same Scotch time. Same same Scotch channel. Same Scotch channel. All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful